Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 belshazzar hears about daniel the queen just jogged his memory because everything like that of anyone who was of notoriety would have been written down would have been read in their history books and they didn't change their history books like we do today but, but they would have been there, they would have been noted, everything else. So he says, I have heard, from, heard about you. You're that Daniel. I have heard about you. One, um, that the spirit of the gods is in you, testimony from the king, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give inter interpretation, solve problems. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple, royalty, have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So here's the deal, Daniel. You want wealth, you want position, you want power. Here's the way to get it, just tell it to me. And then his integrity comes out in the next verse again. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Daniel says to himself, I'm not gonna prostitute the gifts of God. They're not for sale. God has given them to me freely I receive, freely I give. It makes my heart sick when you see some of these televangelists on television wanting your money so they can pay for their jet fuel. Or that they tell you I'll sell you a cloth for so much money and it'll bring healing to you, and all they're doing is they're prostituting God's name. It, it does, it is angering when you get things across your desk constantly that there's people in Africa that can't get clean drinking water and, and clean water, that, that some of them were dying because they couldn't wash their hands with clean water, and yet these guys are on television saying, send your checks in. And they're flying around in private jets as if, they, and that's, that, I'm going to tell you, that's their reward. They're the rich man, Lazarus. In Luke 16, Daniel was nothing like that. He said, keep your gifts. I don't do it for that. I do it for him. So you got this testimony. The Holy Spirit was evident in his life. They tried as hard as they could to define it. They just said the spirit of the gods. 
He had an excellent spirit. I just want you to see, because Daniel, one of the things that drew me to the book of Daniel was that I felt that Babylon was so parallel to our culture today, and Daniel was the radiant one. Him and his friends were so radiant in the midst of this darkness, and they didn't get to where they were and the influence that they had by doing and saying the wrong things in the name of God. I tell you all the time we have to love people into the kingdom. I preach different to the church than I do to the world. And so if you're a visitor today, I apologize ahead of time, just know that. But when you come to Christ, you'll know what I'm getting at with the church. So then we see Daniel's interpretation, and here's the amazing thing about his interpretation. Instead of just interpreting what God wrote on the wall, he's going to lay a foundation for Belshazzar. He's going to give a long introduction to this little meaty um, interpretation of the writing on the wall. And this is so important for us to learn from. I want you to see this. He begins with a history of Nebuchadnezzar and, and how Nebuchadnezzar's failures and what he thought he was because Nebuchadnezzar was a much more powerful and greater king than Belshazzar was. And so he goes into this. What, look at verse 18. We're going to read on down. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. Look what Daniel's saying. He's saying your father Nebuchadnezzar, God gave him all that he had. The power that he had, his majesty, came from God's hands. This is what our leaders don't recognize today. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed. And whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up. And whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among the children of mankind and his mind was made like that of a beast and his dwelling was uh, with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the most high God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. This is how Daniel's setting up the interpretation on the wall. He's saying, look, here's history. Here is history. Here's how God deals with kings that are stubborn. Here's how God deals with kings that are obstinate towards him. And, and, and he was so proud, but it was until. Chris preached on that last week, chapter four, when he preached on Nebuchadnezzar, we saw how God took his mind. And that's what I mean. Whenever you look at what you have, we have no right to say we did it on our own because we could lose our health, we could lose our mind, we could lose everything overnight. I've seen some amazing things happen to prideful people that took me back. And I didn't say it was God's judgment, I wouldn't do that. But I saw people that were so physical and so mental and, and able to do so much and all of a sudden they became incapacitated. We need to be grateful that God gives us what Daniel's going to say here. In verse 22, and you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. See, God really does hold people accountable the more knowledge they have. The more you know, this is why, just 
and plan on saying this, but this is important. The more you know, the more you're accountable for. So you, you just can't come to church and hear the word of God and not respond. You, you can't do that. You can't just come and then not respond. Here's the pride in his heart that's saying that. Do you know Hebrews 10 verse 26 says this? For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice of sin. It's not, it's not talking about born-again believers, but them who receive the knowledge. We, we all are given light. Even in this room, every Sunday, you're given the light of God's word. And the more you know, the more accountable you are. And that's what he's bringing up with Belshazzar. He says, though you knew all this, but you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath, in whose are all your ways you have not honored. So he nails them in one verse, in verse 23, one verse, he nails them for three things. He nails them for blasphemy, he nails them for pride, and he nails them for um, idolatry. All three in one verse. You're prideful, you've lifted up your heart against the Lord even though you knew what I did with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. You blasphemed God because you took the vessels, he said. You've mocked God, you've dishonored the Lord. And then you went and you praised images that are made out of gold, silver, bronze, and stone that have no hands, that have no ears, that have no eyes. And yet the God where your very breath is held, you have not honored. That's not even the interpretation. <laughs> it's like Belshazzar's got to be melting by now, right? It's like, man, hurry up and just give me the interpretation. I want to get out of here. But here's the thing. Everyone's listening. Everyone, not just Belshazzar. When you're in a room like that, everyone's listening. So here's the meat of the interpretation. Verse 24, then from his presence, the hand was sent. And this writing was inscribed, and this is the writing that was inscribed. Meany, meany, tekel, and parson, or some of your versions will say you, parson, which you means and, and parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Meany, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and have found wanting. Paris, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. There it is. I liked his introduction leading up to that, honestly, because he's explaining why this is happening, right? And so, so he leads up to this, and basically what he's saying is, look, Belshazzar, I've waited out, man. Judgment is falling no matter what. The hammer and the axe is hitting the root of the tree, okay? So, so then here's what I want you to see. How does he respond? 
by crying out to Daniel and saying, man, I am so sorry, how do I get right with God, Daniel? No, he actually ignores it. Look, verse 29, then Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed with purple, a chain of gold put around his neck and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in their kingdom as if he could buy Daniel off and say, here, it's all yours, now get your God to back off. No repentance whatsoever in the midst of one of the strongest messages that have ever been given in the Bible to an individual. Brings in history, says this is the way God works. This, you're a king, this is the way God works with kings. And instead of repenting and getting on his knees and crying out to God, he ignores it. He ignores it. And then that one statement, that very night Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed. Now it doesn't say how, like the arrows, was it an arrow? Was it guys breaking in with swords and just butchering? How did all this happen? Those details don't matter. The, what matters most to God is that he died that night. That's it. Doesn't matter how, he just died. And this is the thing that we need to see because Belshazzar reminds me of the guy in Luke's gospel chapter 12, when Jesus told a parable to illustrate people who think the things are, or life is in the substance of things in this life, here's what a guy did. He builds these barns and he builds them up and, and he had more than abundance, but then he builds more barns because he wanted more and more and more. And his whole heart was here on this world. And here's what, what it says in Luke 12, 20. It says, but God said to him, fool, this is the only time, by the way, Jesus uses the word uh, fool. This night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That could be said of Belshazzar. Hey, Belshazzar, this night you're going home. Life's over. His home wasn't in heaven. But that question, then whose are they? That Jesus says, whose will they be then? Well, they became verse 31, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. Now here's, here's what I want you to see in this, and just a couple things, because I realize the time. In this chapter for our instruction today, this is what I would want you to take out of here. As we have been talking about Babylon, as we've been talking about how Daniel was used influentially in Babylon, I would say, first of all, integrity leads to spiritual influence. Integrity le leads to spiritual influence. Uh, think about Daniel and the, the platforms that he had in the positions that he served. He was a man of integrity. Nebuchadnezzar knew that. The queen knew who to call in with Belshazzar. And each time he had these platforms where he gave God glory, where they couldn't solve the issues of their problems. They couldn't solve the riddles and things like that. But Daniel comes in and he solves these things for him, but he never, ever not takes the moment to testify. Every time he testifies about the glory of God. And when you and I lead a life of integrity, there's people in our circles where they just can't solve the riddles of this life, but they've seen your life They've seen you walking in integrity, and they say, hey, that woman, she's got her life together. I'm having issues. I need to go talk to her because nobody else has helped me. That guy who's drowning, 
whether it's happening at work or whatever, he's like, man, I know this guy. His name comes to your mind. We get calls all the time in the office from people, hey, so-and-so told me to call you. So-and-so told me to call you, you know, and, and here you find these guys with, so-and-so told somebody to call Pastor Dennis or somebody to call Pastor Chris or Pastor Jonathan and things like that. Why do those names come up? And then you've experienced that in your own life. You've probably had family in your own life or friends where you were living a life of integrity and all of a sudden they can't solve life's issues. They know they're in a dilemma. And then boom, who do they think of? They come to you because no one else can help them. Why? Because you've got an excellent spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. They may think it's just at the moment spirit of the gods. How do they know stuff that I don't? Well, we know God's word. We know God's word. So integrity is key to what we do. Integrity is key. That's why Daniel shines so brightly. He had integrity. The other thing I want you to take away this morning is that don't ignore God's divine interventions. Don't ignore God's, don't be a Belshazzar who, man, it just went over his head. Now, I'm going to say this, I'm going to break it up into two groups of people. One, the believer, okay? The believer, the one who, who is on the beaten path going to heaven, that narrow path, then all of a sudden you take a rabbit trail into the world. How many know God isn't going to leave you there? That God is going to intervene in some way. That there is going to be a person come your way. Man, I hadn't seen that guy in 30 years, and he's calling me to repentance right in the middle of Starbucks, you know? Um, you know, or, or you get a text message from somebody, or, or here you are. Some, this is a true story. One guy told me he was getting ready to go tie one on. He had been sober for about 10 years, and he said, man, I got so frustrated at work, I was ready to go tie one on. I jump in my car. It's a brand new car, and it wouldn't start. And he said, it gave me enough time to think this through. And I said, dude, God's trying to speak to you. Can't you read the writing on the wall? <laughs> Divine interventions. We know what they are. We know how they work. When we're running from God, this is what I was in prayer this morning. And I told her, so you know what the Lord gave me, when somebody's running from God, there's no consequences that are coincidences. That's free. You can write that down and publish. There's no consequences that are coincidences because God loves you that much. He knows how to bring his children back. You may be like binging on Hulu or Netflix and all of a sudden your brand new TV blows. <laughs> Listen to God sometimes. We attribute too much to the natural and not the supernatural. The second thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to the unbelievers here this morning. Those who have not committed your lives to Christ. If you're an unbeliever, don't ignore God's divine intervention. The greatest intervention in all of human history was when God sent his son into the world. That was the greatest divine intervention and he did it out of his love for you and out of his love for me. 
that there was a hopeless cause, there was no way that you could ever, ever make it into his presence or fellowship with him, no matter how much religion you stacked up, no matter how many good works you stacked up, it took God's intervention to come down. But I'm gonna say this, God's divine intervention only has two roads. It's either salvation or condemnation. I believe Jesus brings this out in John's Gospel chapter three. I'm almost done, so just follow me on this. John chapter three, read with me, it's on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. Think of yourself as Belshazzar. There was writing on the wall there. We've got writing in his word here. Think of Belshazzar. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. God's intervention, listen, divine intervention History was divided by the coming of Christ, B.C., A.D. It was the greatest divine intervention of the Lord from heaven. But there's only two roads. Do you find it interesting that there weren't three thieves that Jesus was crucified among? Do you find it interesting there wasn't one thief that Jesus was crucified among? There were two thieves the Bible brings up. And Jesus stands at the crossroads of eternity with them. The one thief denies Christ and rejects him. The other one, and he continues to ridicule him. The one that started out ridiculing Jesus, it says that he turned and he started to believe. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Not to the other guy, to him. There's only two roads when God intervenes. Just like Belshazzar, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, after this, the judgment. See that word appoint? All of us have an appointment where our number's up. Our number's up. And some of you aren't reading the handwriting on the wall. God's been trying to get you. He's been intervening, intervening. Don't be a Belshazzar to ignore that. If you need Christ, I want you to know God sent his son, Jesus, out of his love for you. Now, whether you receive that love or not, God did his part. He throws the ball in your court. If you're a believer and you've been running from God, you need to run back to God. You need to run back to God. He's there with open arms. Read the prodigal son in Luke 15. 
That's God's heart when somebody returns. That's God's heart. But look at the consequences that the prodigal had faced. There are no consequences that are coincidences when you're running from God. So wherever you're at this morning, if you need to commit your life to Jesus, he would say, let's do it. I'm ready. In fact, Jesus was born ready when he came into this world. And if you're the one running from God, change that now. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977